This is an RNZ podcast. My first thought was, I didn't know there was panthers in uh, <laughs> in New Zealand, um, and I just thought it must have been uh, a more common thing. So, um, and then you know, obviously after we started googling it, and uh, yeah, it sort of realised it was a bit more rare than than we first thought. So then we we're a bit more in shock. That's mountain biker Mark Orr talking to Checkpoint's Lisa Owen in late October about spotting what he believed to be a black panther on a trail near Hanmer Springs. Orr's sighting of the supposed South Island panther is part of a rich tradition. The fabled big cat has allegedly been spotted everywhere from Marlborough to Southland. Checkpoint gave Orr four more minutes to explain his recent encounter with the big cat. It's possible, though, that they should have checked in with a panther expert before going to air. Media Watch has carried out its own independent investigation into Orr's claims, and we can reveal that he may not actually have picked out an apex predator in the woods near Hanma. This is what wildlife photographer Rob Seustead had to say when asked to examine the images. Kia ora, Rob. G'day, mate. How are you? Is that a panther? No. What is it? Not even close. It's a baby goat. What's your evidence? Oh, just its body form and the depth of its body, how its back legs are very stocky, its front less so. It's not a sleek animal, it's very chunky. Everything I see there is a, is a juvenile goat, no doubt about it. Maybe Orr's story wasn't credible. It's even possible panthers aren't actually roaming the rural South Island. Even so, there remains a deep vein of stories for journalists to mine about potentially mythical New Zealand animals. Just look at the oeuvre of Stuff reporter Charlie Mitchell. During the general election campaign, he wrote the definitive report on the rise of conspiracy-adjacent politician Billy Takahika Jr. But when he's not debunking conspiracies, Mitchell is often obsessing about another issue which some have dismissed as conspiracy-adjacent. He's deeply wedded to the idea that moose are roaming Fiordland National Park and has already published a lengthy two-part investigation into the subject. While some media organisations wouldn't tolerate the reporters delving into the potentially cryptid, Stuff has supported Mitchell's regular drives for more moose content. This is what Stuff editor Patrick Crudson had to say. Stuff's national correspondents have the freedom to follow their muse, whether moose-related or otherwise. Charlie's not one to run with the herd, and we value his creativity, independence, droll sense of humour, and the deep research he brings to all his work. But are the reports of moose roaming the South Island more credible than Marcor's panther footage? Or is one of our top reporters on conspiracies actually a conspiracy theorist himself? I called Charlie Mitchell to ask whether the moose is out there. Kia ora, Charlie, and welcome to Media Watch. Thank you. What is the evidence that moose exist in Fiordland? We know that moose were put in Fiordland back in about 1910 uh, in a place called Supper Cove, we know from there that the moose stuck around for a couple of decades at least. Mm. So we know that moose were there for a significant period of time. Um, it's from about 1952 or so. Probably the best evidence we have since then is video footage taken in 1995, which was taken from a trail camera by, by Ken Tustin, who has been pursuing the moose for a very long time. And it's very blurry, as all those videos tend to be. Hmm. Lots of hunters have found areas of bush that have been chewed out and there have been sort of, you know, bedding found on the ground in the shape of a moose. There have been a lot of sightings. 
but there's been no smoking gun. You're a great believer, though. You believe that the moose are out there. I, I do acknowledge that it's very hard to say if they are still there as we speak. What, what I do feel comfortable saying is that the moose survived a lot longer than we initially thought, well into the 90s, potentially into the 2000s. But there is a significant pushback against the idea that the moose are still out there deep in the fiordland bush. This isn't an open and shut case, is it? No, no, absolutely not. Um, And I think that's what makes it so interesting, the fact that it isn't open and shut. And, you know, we can all have the same uh, evidential basis and we can look at it differently and come to different conclusions. There are parts of fiordland uh, where where no human has ever been before. Who knows what could be there? Um, So things like feces, things like hair... It doesn't stick around for very long. One of the wettest places on Earth, that part of Fiordland. So it's very difficult to find any evidence. But also we do have these scraps of evidence that do point towards something. You're talking about small scraps of evidence which you're extrapolating out to build a case. You're also one of our best writers on the rise of conspiracy theories in New Zealand. Is it lost on you that some of what you're doing here could be interpreted as conspiracy theory adjacent? Um, I am aware of that, yes. Um, what I would say is that this is, this is very distinct from a conspiracy theory, purely in the sense that there's no conspiracy being alleged. You know, there's like no shadowy force hiding the truth or, or suppressing the evidence or anything like that, which is sort of the motivating force behind people like Billy TK. This is more in the realm of just a classic mystery. And I think, you know, there's there's historical reasons to believe that we could find the moose. I mean, not far from where the moose is, we we found Takahe. Uh, For a long time, it was assumed that Takahe were extinct, and now we have Takahe again. So it is something that happens. Are some of the same cognitive biases at play here? You know, you're grasping at evidence that reaffirms your pre-existing worldview, the moose are out there. Are you ignoring contrary evidence when it comes to moose, is there this kind of desire within you to piece together the evidence to fit a preordained conclusion? What got me into the story was this sort of belief that I had that the moose was just sort of like the Bigfoot or the Yeti or something. Um, I think that's the place it has occupied in our national view of it. Even um, down to the fact that the footage is grainy and, you know, it's quite hard to make out what the, what the figures in it are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it is um, very much along those lines. So, so that sort of was my general view of it. It wasn't until I um, had another look at it that I realised that there is more of an evidential basis than it's been given credit for. What amount of time have you spent pitching moose stories to your bosses at Stuff? Quite a lot, I would say. Um, it, it is, uh, I am, you know, theoretically at least a serious journalist. When I go on another moose tirade, it, it can it can sort of damage my credibility somewhat, and I understand that. Um, but I also think it's 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 an interesting story. Like recently, there's been a lot of interest in big cats in Canterbury. Um, always a, a lot of interest from readers. Um, so I think the idea that there are these mysteries around us and we don't quite understand everything about the landscape that we live in, I think that's appealing in some ways. So. I try to pitch it like that. Do these stories get clicked on? Are people interested? Yes, I I think people are very interested. Um, We often have reports of sightings of the moose that get published. There's one fairly recently. um, And they always do well. um, And not necessarily in a clickbaity sort of way. Um, There's perhaps some element of that. But but, but I think people are legitimately interested in this and 
it sort of makes sense that, that people are interested in, in when we do the reporting and present it, uh, people and, indulge the mystery. Honestly, I think that's the most likely outcome, that we will just never know if there are still moose there or when the moose officially died out. I, I, it's a frustrating thing, but I just think that's the most likely outcome. You know, it turns out that the moose isn't there. That's fine. So be it. Um, I, I don't think we'll ever know either way. Now, you've expressed some sort of journalistic circumspection. You say it's likely that you won't find moose. Do you admit, really, if you take off that journalist hat and get into your emotional hat, do you admit that sometimes you do hope and dream that you will find the evidence of a moose, that you will uncover a moose out in Fiordland? Absolutely, yes. Um, when I take off my serious journalist hat and push on my... Um my antlers, I, I firmly believe finding the moose would be significant. And vindication. Because, yeah, I think it would be. Um, there are parts of this country, parts of this landscape that, that still have surprises for us. Um, but, I mean, in terms of what Billy TK believes, and I've interrogated his beliefs extensively, a lot of it is in defiance of, of established evidence and the scientific consensus belief in the moose doesn't quite rate amongst that. Perhaps the moose is a gateway um, to some of those beliefs. There, there Maybe there are QAnon supporters who started out as, as Fjordland mooseheads and now they're um, posting about the fraudulent election or whatever. Who knows? But I, I, I highly doubt that anyone would go from a, a fairly innocent belief in a mystery for which there is really no contrary evidence available to something that sinister. Uh, I think that's unlikely. Thank you so much for joining me, Charlie Mitchell. That's all right. Thanks for having me.